0: the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a peace of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolated and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly Father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous, You can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life.
1: All right, welcome, gentlemen. I have the pleasure and the honor to bring you a special guest today, Andy Biddy. Andy Biddy is a a friend, longtime friend, uh, going back all the way to college days. Um, Our families have been close all these years, even though as you'll get to hear some of his stories. He is out of state uh, in New York. Um, Our our paths haven't been able to cross as much over the years, but we've stayed in touch, and he's a dear friend and uh, uh, loves Jesus super family man and i'm excited uh, you guys get to hear from him today so andy um, welcome to dad in the trenches thanks so much for joining
2: us absolutely i'm I'm super excited to (laughs) jump in
1: yeah i was actually thinking about it uh gosh was it 98 that we would have met
2: (laughs) yeah something like that something
1: like that so going on Twenty plus years of knowing each other, and yeah, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to like think about. We too.
2: <laughs> in, I don't know we we're probably entirely different people in a lot of ways. Yeah,
1: <laughs> totally. A lot
2: of life has happened.
1: It has. It has. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you come from, your life's journey, and your current season of life, um, and your dad in the trenches season of life.
2: I'm uh just entering my forties. Um and my I started off in a, in a small town in Oklahoma, uh called Altos, Oklahoma, and um
0: grew up there all
2: the way through my my high school years and then uh went to college at in Oklahoma City and while I was there got uh pretty deeply plugged in to a church and um and I really those were some powerfully formative years in my uh, growth as a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. and, and um, then from there, uh, got married at the towards the end of my college years, and then um, moved to New York City with my wife. We moved. Um, we moved to New York City of all days, of the night before nine eleven. We landed <laughs> in Midtown, and. Um, Entered into all the the craziness that was, and we pursued uh, performing our um, careers. Went back to Oklahoma for a little while, a couple years in there, and went through a church plant school. Came back again in 2008, and um, we we started a, a church. We started to church plant ourselves, and then about a year into it or so, we we ended up throwing our hat in with an already existing but mm-hmm. pretty young church plant at the time. Yeah. Um, so we've been in New York City since 2008, and we had our first child at, in 2009. And ten years and three more kids later, we're still up here.
1: And all boys. All boys. Yeah. <laughs> Your poor, poor boys. boys. <laughs> yeah testosterone's dripping down the walls (laughs) oh my gosh yeah
2: she's a pretty incredible boy mommy though
1: that's great yeah (laughs) keeps everybody in line and on point
2: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. especially me
1: that's yeah (laughs) totally Uh um so tell us um a little bit about current work and uh life in new york city with a with a large family for New York city standards, by all means, tell us what that's like.
2: Yeah. So we've gone through, we've been through, you know, several different seasons. Um, this chunk of time, we've been up here for about 11 years now. Um, and we, in that time I started off pursuing, I kind of had, um, I was bivocational with, um, church planting. And then also was still pursuing a career in the arts. Um, primarily as an actor Mm -hmm. but shortly after my first son started to crawl um, everything up here in the northeast uh, uh, most everyone has um, these steam pipe radiators in their apartments or or their homes Um, and they're really hot to the touch Mm -hmm. Um, so we had three of them in our apartment I borrowed a friend's tools um, in his basement and I, I built a few radiator covers um, I, I kind of come from a background of, of trades, tradespeople, mm-hmm. um, but I'd never been formally trained or anything like that. I think it was just kind of one of those things that that, oh, I can do this. I'll whip it together and, and did. And, um, shortly after that, a friend of mine asked me if I would make some radiator covers for him. And then his buddy asked me if I would make a bookcase and then his friend saw that and, and just kind of stumbled into this, um, this new season where I was getting furniture requests mm-hmm. on, a, on a pretty steady basis. Um, and I was actually enjoying it. I think <laughs> there's just something in me you, working as an actor, especially doing stage work, you get applause at the end of the, the night, the curtain goes down and, and that's it. And you add another line to your resume and you go on to the next job. But, um, I quickly realized that I kind of got hooked on working on something for a couple of weeks and then having something tangible to actually show. Hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that part of, of furniture making. So yeah. over the years, I leaned more and more into it until I, I finally just stopped everything and I went to a furniture school for a 12-week intensive up in Maine. Yeah. And um, I've had a small small business making custom furniture in New York City for the last six Years or
1: so now. Yeah, so that's great. You, I mean, and you mentioned their radiator covers to bookcases. Um, you know, tell us some more about some of the the pieces you've done. I mean, I, I've I've looked at photos you've done of stuff on social media, and I mean, dang biddy, it's awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, it's been you know when I started off, I basically just said yes, whatever somebody asked me to make, I would say yes, and then I would just usually. Uh, follow that up with saying you got to give me plenty of time Um, Hmm. and if depending on how well I knew them I would say listen I don't know what I'm doing here but I'll figure it out and if it was a kind of a more of an actual client I would just leave that part out and just say yeah sure I can do that and and, uh, take my time to figure it it out (laughs) yeah yeah that's exactly what it was but I mean I I crash course YouTube University learned Mm. everything I, I possibly could I called my dad and he talked me through a lot of things, and so much, so much of it was just trial and error. But that's what I think led me to the point where I just thought, you know, I need to stop. I need to get some formal training, mm-hmm. um, just because I was so inefficient in in my process. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've um, I've made all kinds of stuff. Um, one of the biggest jobs I've I've done so far is just made some. Some really nice custom cabinetry for an optometrist office yeah. here in uh, the city, and did a lot. It was able to do a lot of curved uh, lamination and some really cool kind of work there.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, recent last year, found myself in in um, J Lo and in A Rod's apartment making making a big bookshelf <laughs> for them, which was pretty fun.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure: and, um,
2: You never ran into them, did you? Never met them. Okay, no. <laughs> I'm sure there were probably about three or four people between me and them. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, I, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's just a book a bookcase, which yeah. doesn't sound that uh, cool. But the thing was like 15 feet long, nine feet tall, some pretty intricate joinery, and yeah. I had to chop it in half to get it up the elevator. Oh and, my goodness! And then put it all together on site, and it was <laughs> it was a cool build. And then I. I came across it. The crazy part of that story is about three months after I finished it, I see a um, a little spread in, in Architectural Digest saying that J Lo and A Rod sell their penthouse, whatever, oh. and and there's my a picture of my bookcase, like kind of in the background, and going going on to the next person. Yeah, totally.
1: You you created a lot of ROI for them. That's crazy.
2: I hope. Yeah,
1: that's awesome um you uh you mentioned uh calling and talking to your dad him talking you through some stuff talk about um just briefly growing up your your father's influence um obviously here at dad in the trenches we're we're totally interested in father father's influence uh and also us uh growing up uh physically emotionally spiritually passing things on to our kids tell us about that with with your own dad and uh you know the what was good what was hard you know where you are currently even
2: yeah so my dad i I guess i would say my dad i kind of think of uh, my experience with my dad kind of in three stages up to Mm -hmm. this point yeah um and i'll i'll say I have I'll preface before I kind of say some of the the harder things i'll I'll say that i I honor my dad, he's a good man mm-hmm. and um one of the one of the hugest gifts and blessings that he passed on to me was a love for uh the word mm. and just a faithful uh commitment to my mom yeah. he's still with and um and and yeah, th- those were those qualities were invaluable. Absolutely. Um, backing up, my dad was thankfully was an alcoholic all through my childhood,
1: hmm.
2: um, and I didn't realize that until, you know, like any kid, you, it doesn't matter who your dad is; they're they're the apple of your eye um, hmm. up to a certain point. So, yeah. for me, that was when I was about um, ten or eleven. Which is about how old my oldest son is right now, but mm-hmm. ten or eleven years old, <clears throat> um, I came out of the bedroom having carried my dad, or, or you know, him slumped over my mm-hmm. my shoulder and carrying him into bed. Mm-hmm. And I came out, and my mom was um, crying on the couch and asked her what was wrong, and she just very point blank said, "Your dad, your dad's a drunk" or something like that. And mm-hmm. remember having this conversation with her and just saying no he's not he's just tired and Mm. I remember she just kind of looked squarely at me and just said no Andy he is an alcoholic Mm. and for some reason it landed and um and that was kind of the beginning of um you know my dad falling from that That top branch
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, for me, and then just kind of seeing the slow crash. And, mm-hmm. um, and then that was, you know, that sort of preteen for me. and then heading into my teenage years, um, it's, I, I kind of settled into uh, this realization that um, my dad he wasn't available emotionally, and um, mm-hmm. he he kind of had this rhythm where he would work. And then he would come home and I realized that I had about 45 minutes to an hour before his buzz set in. Mm. And at that point he was, he was pretty well plastered.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but I remember just thinking, you know what, I've got an hour Yeah. and I would, I, he probably, I, 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 haven't asked him about this. I should ask him, but he probably got annoyed with me because I would just go and kind of like, you know, hop around him and just try to ask him about his day and. If I had any questions about stuff, I would try to um you know get get my time in then, yeah, and then I would literally just i would go to a friend's house for at least a couple hours and then mm. usually by that time he was he was crashed he was in bed
1: mm.
2: so that was kind of my that was my teenage interaction with my dad yeah. um, and then and then something happened we kind of had a um i guess a family. Uh, catastrophe that just kind of everything got upended and um this 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 event happened, and it was preceded by my mom um, just basically having had enough so i'm i'm now fast forward time about i 'm seventeen years old i 'm a senior in high school yeah um, and my mom basically says she 's done, and she 's ready for him to move out either sober up or like their marriage is over.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So my dad sobered up and, um, uh-huh. and, uh, yeah, everything, everything began to change. Um, so I was super, super excited about all this naturally because I felt like, all right, I'm going to get my dad back
1: mm.
2: or at least the dad that I kind of imagined as a child. Right. Um, and, and but that became that I would say that's kind of the second, uh, season um, that was the beginning of the second season that I had with my dad and, um, it started off okay, but I, I quickly began to realize that the only thing that changed was he didn't drink anymore. Mm. Um, but he was no more emotionally available. Um, or, I mean, he was present, but he just was, I, uh, he was just unavailable. He would kind of go and he was a bit of shut in. Yeah. I would say he still kind of had his practice of coming home, and and then he would go sit out in his room and work on some things. But mm. just just pretty pretty well to himself.
1: Yeah.
2: And and then I I wrestled through all of that, and I'm leaving out a lot of what God did in my heart mm. and how He um, met me as a father in that in in all of that. I'm just yeah. kind of giving you here's my interaction with my dad. But yeah, totally. Um, there's a There's a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, I would say for the next ten years mm-hmm. um, and feeling that absence mm-hmm. um, that God was was working through. but there was mostly distance, I would say yeah. between my dad. And then I'd say the the third and, and kind of the third season where I'd say I'm at with him now has happened right around the time that I became a father. Mm. Um, and I think through the healing that I went through. In my twenties, um, I think I was able to to step back, look at my dad, look at his story, see where he had come from, what mm-hmm. his father was like to him,
1: yeah.
2: and um, he, the way he, you know, for all of his faults, the way he has improved upon the, our father and son relationship compared to his. Uh, father and son relationship mm. it's um it's pretty vast it's mm. it's it's quite a it's quite an improvement yeah. so i think because of it it's, it's allowed me to just appreciate him allow him to mm. just grow and, and be with his faults yeah. the dad that he is and just receive him um uh,
1: mm. where he's at yeah in that too like there's that aspect of sometimes we can only go so far as we know or as we've seen but the beautiful thing about that too is that hearing about the improvement um that's really good that's that's really good and like the mm-hmm. Lord's just giving you that perspective of look at how far he has come past what he even knew you know that's so good yeah it's really good talk about um you know uh, obviously you mentioned some stuff that God did in your heart through all that too, but even now leading up to now, you know, you're, you've got four, four kids, uh, smack middle in New York city, you know, what are, what are unique challenges you're facing right now? Um, you know, what, uh, what are some, some of the victories you're experiencing? What are the difficulties, you know, some of those things as a dad that you, you'd want to share with us?
2: Well, so the um, We just moved into an, a new apartment uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And prior to that, we have lived for the last almost 10 years, really the last like seven years, we've lived on the bottom level of um, a brownstone. So we have not had to worry about being quiet for the most part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but in the last three weeks, we've been broomed from the neighbors below us. I don't know, a dozen times or so. Oh, are you serious? Um, Like uh, totally like friends
1: episode, hitting the broom to the ceiling, like be quiet above me kind of thing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just bam, bam, bam. And usually it's in, it's usually at a moment where it makes sense, but there's been several times where we're just sitting on the couch and we just get, we get broomed and (laughs) we don't know what's, what's going on. But, um, (laughs) So that's been one of the challenges that we've been facing now, um, <laughs> but that's a thing. You know, we've talked to friends, and and so many people are just like, "Oh yeah, it's uh, that happens to us all the time." Getting and broomed is a thing. So many people. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing in New York City. But the the thing with that is that people have to remember that it's New York City. Like you, you're you're gonna have foot noise and foot traffic above you. Right. If you don't want that then um you're you're probably in the wrong city <laughs> or wrong apartment building at least. But, right. Um, <laughs> that's been that's been challenging because I for the most part um and am unfazed by it. It doesn't bother me. Mm.
1: Um
2: and, and but my wife has she's she's doing better with it, but it was really stressing her out. Right. I would say in the first week or two, yeah, um, just because you know she's trying to manage four boys. Yeah. Tell them, and you know how kids are. So the the ages of my kids right now are ten, eight, six, and four. So you know if any of you guys out there have kids in those age in that age range, you know that they don't have any filter for noise for the mm-hmm. most part. The ten year old <laughs> kind of gets it, but right. <laughs> they just. I mean, they just pound the floor, but all they're doing is walking from the bathroom to the bedroom. Um, so, yeah. for her to try to feel like she has to police their noise and right. keep them quiet—it's you know, as soon as you get one or two of them to quiet down, the other two are doing something on the yeah, other side of the apartment. Totally. And so it's it's a never-ending battle, yeah. but um, we're working through it. It's, yeah. she's doing better and better.
1: Yeah, that's good that's good. Um, and, and kind of dovetailing into with your, your story, just some, some things about your, your dad as well. And you now being a dad, you know, what, um, what victories have you experienced? You know, what struggles have you had as well as a dad? Um, maybe either because of upbringing stuff or, you know, are there, there are other things that have just been going on as well for you personally?
2: Well, I think looking back at, excuse me, looking back at, um, my dad's trajectory and mm. how he's actually improved and built on his his father-son relationship, I think God has done a pretty powerful work in me as well. Mm. Um, and I've been able to be present with my boys, uh, to build and cultivate a relationship with each of them um, that I think is healthier than, than what my dad and I had at their respective ages. Mm. Um, and all of that is... It's not because I tried harder. It's not because I uh, just just was a better person or better dad or whatever. It's solely because of God's grace and the work that he's done in me in the same way that he did in my dad. He's built on that, I think, in, in this generation. Mm, that's good. So I, that's, in my mind, that's a huge victory. Mm. And I have every hope and expectation that my sons will have even healthier and better relationships with their children in the next generation.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so knowing, (laughs) here's a question now, knowing what you know, what advice would you give yourself, you know, looking back, being back before you were dad?
2: Well, I think there's so much I've learned now. And I think that some of it is you head into fatherhood, having a lot of theory, um, and the, of course, the practice comes later, um, and you begin to test those theories. But if I could go back, I would i probably encourage myself just to receive the gift and the blessing of being a father. Mm. Um, Jessica and I, especially Jessica, she read so many parenting books and mm. so many like new mother books, all kinds of stuff. and um, I didn't read nearly as much as her. She just basically would... Stick a paragraph or shove uh, a book in front of my face and tell me to read two or three pages of this or that,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, which were it was helpful. But I think because of that, it was it was definitely good. And I'm glad I did it. But I think part of what I had entered into fatherhood was with just this, like, okay, I'm going to charge in here. I'm going to do this as well as I can. I'm going to I'm going to be a better dad than my dad was. And I think what I've learned. One of, the, one of the biggest truths I've learned is that God has initiated the lives of my kids. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't start that whole business. Yeah. He was involved looking at Psalm 139 has been really a powerful chapter mm. in the Psalms that has just resonated uh, so much more with me now that I have kids. But that's the psalm that talks about how God knits us together in our mm-hmm. mother's womb and how he knew our days before any of them even were. Mm. And looking at that, I know, I feel like I just have a greater sense of rest, knowing that God has breathed life into my sons and that he's going to carry them through every stage of life ahead of them, including their childhood, including the years that they're going to live under my roof.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but even more so, he's going to be walking with them as they're young men, adult men, fathers, and, and eventually old men. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what I would say is just try to encourage fathers just to receive the gift, receive the blessing of fatherhood, and receive the fact that God is in control, that he breathes life into that baby, and he's mm-hmm. going to walk with that baby every step of the way. Mm-hmm. I think for me it helps me kind of stand in the right position.
1: Yeah.
2: Not as, you know, primary but as more as partner, more more as a secondary hmm. uh, person in that whole equation. Yeah. God is the primary. I get to follow his lead. Yeah. And not only in just like, you know, providing for my kids for their survival sake, but especially um being there with them through those discipleship moments and in those moments where you get you know you get those little windows of opportunity where you can speak truth and um just kind of sow and invest into them yeah. and who they're going to become
1: Biddy, our time is pretty much up here um before we jump out two things how can guys connect with you um you know obviously you mentioned carpentry I'd love for others to get to see your work and truly the craftsman that you are. Um, and if guys need to reach out to you or want to continue a conversation, how can they do that?
2: Yeah, I think if if people want to connect with me personally on on fatherhood stuff, just send me an email. Um, okay. My email is andybitty at gmail.com. Okay, okay. And, um, and then if people want to check out my work, um, Instagram is probably the best way. Okay. And my, my Instagram handle is convene, K I N. V-E-N-E.
1: Okay. Before we jump off, would would you—I um, love this time. I never want to attend. Um, would you uh, just pray for the dads out there? Um, pray for us uh, before yeah. we jump off.
2: Yeah, sure. Father, we come to you as your sons, who you love and you're well-pleased with right now, today, in this moment. We come to you as busy— um, employers, employees, we come to you as um, husbands who are trying to love our our wives well. We come to you as dads who don't have all the answers. Um, But we know, Lord, that you are in control of everything, that you are keeping the world spinning on its axis right now in the palm of your hand. And we praise you that you love us, and know us intimately, just as Psalm 139 illustrates so beautifully for us. Father, will you just take us, take our weaknesses, take our our emptiness, um, and I pray that you would breathe the life and the joy of your Spirit into each of us. Will you lead us as we lead our families? Will you lead us as we lead our children? Will you disciple us as we disciple uh, these children that are in our care.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We thank you that your hand is upon each of them. I pray that you would help us as fathers to recognize the way that Jesus talked about how he only did what he saw the Father doing. Mm-hmm. I pray that we would see your hand at work in each of our children's lives
1: yeah.
2: and to lean into that with them. Yeah. In Jesus' name.
1: Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Biddy. Guys, until next time, we will see you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live.